Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, hello. Yeah. Welcome to uh, my first attempt at a podcast. Um, this is the first episode. I've never done this before. I'm trying this out. I've always wanted to do this. I just got a nice cheap microphone. I'm using this uh, this website called Anchor, uh, which I heard about on another podcast that I listened to. It's a it's a platform that you can use for uh, creating your own podcast. It's free, and it does all kinds of awesome features. It like hooks you up with uh, potential places where you can perhaps get revenue from doing your podcast, and it helps you organize just the whole platform and record them right into the program. So. Uh, yeah, here we go. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I can just talk about myself, I suppose. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Danny McCracken, and um, I like to talk. I like to talk a lot. Um, I don't really like to toot my own horn, but I feel like it's one of my gifts is speaking and communicating specifically verbally. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to try this. Um some, some background about me. I work in the, the film industry, um, doing production work. I basically, uh, I work on feature films and commercials and um, uh, music videos, uh, broadcast television, all different varieties of production like that. Even Sometimes I do live production as well, like, uh, like live music productions and things like that. But um, yeah, I do... Prop master work, um, set decorating work, um, grip and electric work, camera assisting. I'm kind of a jack of all trades, which is sort of odd in my industry, but it's the way that I pay my bills and uh, it works. It works for me and and, uh, it kind of works with my personality too. I'm what you might call a multi-potentialite. I can link some information about that later. There's a, a lovely young woman. Her mind, her, uh, her name escapes my mind at this moment, but I would love to link her stuff because listening to her perspective on what a multi-potentialite is and how they differ from normal people and what they have to offer the world and what they're good at, it it made me feel a lot better about feeling so ADD. But I kind of like that. I like being all spread out. I like having uh, lots of different interests. You know, I get bored easily. So anyway, yeah, so that's what I do primarily for work. Um, but I have a lot of other interests. I have a keen interest in um, psychology and specifically in the vein of using uh, flow and psychedelics as therapies and uh, human optimization tools. So the way that I view it is that you have a baseline of healthy psychology and which is who's to say what that baseline is except for yourself. But if you feel like you know you have some traumas and things you need to heal from, flow, um, that state of consciousness, I feel like is a great therapy tool to get you to that baseline. But if you feel like you already have a pretty great life and everything is sorted out, then it just helps to optimize you, put you in a great state of being where you can just feel your best and perform your best. Uh, there's a lot of science out there right now that talks about skiing and surfing and things like that, that get you into flow. And, uh, they're proving to be fantastic therapy tools for people that have things like PTSD. There's, there's a very interesting documentary on Netflix. It's a short documentary, and it's all about surf therapy. And uh, all these veterans, these combat veterans who come back, some of them with physical injuries, some with 
traumatic brain injuries and, and uh, PTSD. And they're on all different varieties of medications and antidepressants and things. And nothing has worked for them quite in the way that surfing has. So this stuff is very interesting to me, not only because I have an interest in psychology and mental health, but also because I am a veteran. And I've also dealt with my fair share of depression and other varieties of you know, psychological disorders. Um, but I think I can say safely that I don't have combat-related PTSD. I'm very blessed and lucky. But regardless, this stuff is very important to me. But um, in the same line of thought, I, I, I also want to highlight the fact that I'm a huge supporter of this organization known as MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. They're headquartered out of Boulder, Colorado. And uh, Rick Doblin is sort of uh, the, the person that founded this organization and is leading the charge on these, using these uh, psychedelics as tools for therapy for varieties of mental health issues. Um, but right now, MAPS is in phase three clinical trials for using MDMA for PTSD. Now, I want to specify that it's MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. So there, is, um, there, are, there are two trained therapists in the room one male and one female, because let's be honest, not all PTSD is combat related. And if you happen to be one of those people who has a, a past of, of sexual trauma, like whether like, like rape and things, things like that, you know, um, it, it feels a lot more comfortable to have somebody of a varying gender of either yourself or the person who committed the crime against you. So um, anyway, so it's, it's incredible. Phase three, clinical trials with the FDA. So the federal government has let them to get this far with it. And it's because they have an insane success rate, something like an 80% success rate. So they take the MDMA, they go and they have to have a screening process. Of course, they go through first and then they take the MDMA, they, it sinks in and then they sit down with these therapists and they basically, they, they have a therapy session and then the next day they go into the integration process and they talk about the revelations and the things that they've felt and thought. And then after, you know, maybe two or three sessions, which just includes two or three doses, in addition to the integration and the therapy, some of these people are healed, completely cured of their traumas. You know, they, they get checked in with like six months, a year later and nothing, just completely moved past their trauma. So anyway, that's something that I'm insanely passionate about. Another thing that MAPS and other organizations like Johns Hopkins University is doing is they're using psilocybin to treat um, treatment-resistant depression. This is depression that has not responded to any conventional therapies or medications. And one of the primary things that, that it helps with is uh, end-of-life anxiety. You, you know, uh, if you get a diagnosis of cancer, you know, one of the hardest things about it is, is that you know, you have to deal with the pain, but not, not only the pain, but you have to know that I have limited time left on earth with my family. And, you know, with the way that the health industry is these days, what they wind up doing is that they essentially give them access to as many types of opiates and painkillers as they need to deal with their pain. And they wind up using it to completely shut down and get out of their heads because they can't deal with the anxiety of having to die. So, now they have six months left to live and they're supposed to be using it to enjoy the company of their family. 
and they become zombies essentially, you know, and it's really sad. It's really terrible. These families have to sit there for six months or whatever the, the, you know, remaining time that their loved one has, and they don't even really get to even be with them. So what the psilocybin does is it helps them cope with and come to terms with their mortality in a healthy, meaningful way. Um, yeah, but also, you know, like I was saying, depression, you know, it helps them sort out their depression. Now, I'm not saying that these things are, are miracle drugs or whatever, and it can be abused and misused just like anything. I mean, you can misuse a donut. You can get addicted to a donut or unhealthy habits, you know, that are f- physical habits or whatever. But um, point being that under the right settings with these tools, we're seeing immense, immense breakthroughs in mental health. And this is so important right now. I mean, we're seeing suicides on the rise. Uh, we're seeing overdoses on the rise, which some of those are can also be stemmed back to mental health because addiction is a mental health issue as well. And this stuff matters. I mean, I remember hearing my dad recently say, hey, like, what, what is it these days? Like, why is everybody so depressed? What's, what's wrong with all these young people? All these people are depressed. And it's like, I understand his confusion. It's a new thing. It's not something that we're used to seeing. And there, there are a lot of contributions to that. You know, I think that uh, social media is a, is a huge part of that. Um, I also think that just, you know, the, the way that the media portrays um, a, a lot of things, like the consumerism is a big issue, the way that advertising is done. We could, we could go on and on about it all day, but anyway. So point being, that's a huge passion of mine. It's something that I will probably be talking about a lot on this podcast. Um, uh, what else? Um, I'm really, really into, uh, outdoors and adventure sports. Um, I'm a big rock climber. I'm not, I didn't say I was a great rock climber, but I have a huge passion for it. It's done a lot for me in terms of personal growth and psychological exploration. It really helps you push the boundaries of what you think you're capable of. And it really teaches you that, um, if you believe in yourself, you know, you can really accomplish amazing things. And I've done it. I've had a lot of uh, progress in my climbing where I've sent a problem and looked back on it and been like, holy shit, like yesterday I was not able to do this. And today I was totally able to do it. And with ease as well, you know, I've spent all day working on, for instance, like a boulder problem, just over and over and over, just getting frustrated. Like, I can't do this. I don't know why I can't understand why I can't get it. And walked out of the gym, walked in the next day, and first go, sent, you know. And a lot of it has to do with your mental commitment to the moves and understanding it. It's a, a fascinating sport. But um, also skiing. I mean, skiing is just, I don't think I quite connect with hardly anything um, like I do with skiing. It is just, it's amazing. It's fascinating. And just like I was talking about with surfing, it, it's, it's a flow trigger for a lot of people. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with with uh, flow, it's a state of consciousness in which you feel your best and perform your best, and it's very meaningful to me. And so, um, it it can be therapeutic in a lot of ways, you know, and explorative, and it's it's just amazing. And I don't know why I'm not living near a mountain right now. That's definitely calling to me. It's tugging at my heartstrings, and hopefully, sometime within the not so distant future, I'll be doing that. But um, I'd love to explore a lot more of that. And uh, I mean, just hiking and camping and being outdoors in general, there's so much therapy uh, to that. It's just, you know, there are a lot of people who are so insulated from that. And 
you know, I think discomfort is something that we are shielded from with all of our air conditioned vehicles and buildings and people just, they, they try to shield themselves from discomfort. And it, it's a shame because discomfort teaches us a lot. The way that I view it is that that's what discipline is. You're, you're taking the discomfort that life hands you and you're dealing with it on your own terms. So think about all the, all the people that you know that are just like the kind of people that when something bad happens, they, they shrug it off or they grin or laugh about it, you know, and it's because they're used to dealing with discomfort. That's what going to the gym can be sometimes. That's what um, doing cold showers and ice baths can be. That's what doing a marathon or just being outside and being sweaty all of these things, like we've insulated ourselves from these experiences and we shouldn't, they, they have, they have a lot to teach us about. I mean, think about human beings as a species, like how much discomfort we used to have to deal with on a daily basis. And now everything is so easy. And so people complain and whine about the simplest things. Like think about somebody that in your life that you know that is very insulated from discomfort you know you might think spoiled or entitled those kinds of people and nothing nothing against them you know they have their their own contributions to society but much like all of us they have a lot of exploring and growing to do you know i haven't met that many people that i would look at and say this person is enlightened this is but i do have the people that i look up to you know and a lot of them are those kinds of people that take discomfort and deal with it on their own terms because regardless of the way that you deal with things and how your luck goes the random chaos of the universe is going to hand you problems and discomfort and so uh you know you just have to take that and and remember that so that you know if you if you deal with discomfort and you get used to it and accustomed to it when it smacks you in the face it doesn't hurt so bad it's not a big deal you know so i highly encourage anybody out there who's listening to this to uh Get outside of your comfort zone as much as possible. That's how you grow, right? I mean, I one of my views is that if you're not learning, you should be teaching, you know. And in a lot of ways, teaching is learning and vice versa. So, I mean, that, that, that's how you contribute to your own personal growth as well as society. It's not just about surviving. It's not about survival anymore. It's not just about having a roof over your head and eating and having water you know, we, we need more. People want more to their life. They want meaning. And that's a huge part of having meaning in your life, I think, is contributing. Meaning that, like, your life has worth. Your perspective, your outlook has worth. And what gives it more worth than somebody that's wanting to sit and listen to you and your perspective? I mean, that gives a lot of value and meaning to your life and your experiences. But, but also learning. I mean, we should never stop growing. If you're not growing or moving... We're exploring, you're stagnant, and nobody wants that, you know. So uh, get out there and explore yourself and explore other people in the world. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to talk about right now. I'm also huge into um, uh, music festivals. It's something that has really taught me a lot about the world and myself and um, about believing and the goodness that's out there. You know, we're so used to believing that the world is inherently bad and evil and there's just so much darkness out there. And there is, there is, it is out there. It, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but the point is, is that I don't think it's as prolific as, as everyone thinks. It's not as um, common as everybody thinks. Think about uh, applications like Lyft and Uber and Airbnb. You know, when those first came out, people were like, you're, you're crazy. You let somebody get in your car or like stay in your home. But turns out most people are actually 
decent human beings. You can trust them. And, you know, if, if you need help, if, if, if you were to get into a car accident or uh, we're just walking down the sidewalk. I mean, we've seen all those, you know, viral YouTube videos of people who are just out there and have these random interactions with strangers that, you know, these people come to their rescue or do something kind for them or meaningful or helpful just because they were there. I mean, it, it's innate. Like human beings are social creatures and, uh, you know, we need each other. So just remember that. And it's cliche, be the change you want to see, but you should be one of those people, you know? I don't, and I'm not, again, not to toot my own horn, but be the change you want to see. And I don't know how many times I've pulled over and gotten out of my car and helped someone push their stalled vehicle out of the road. And it's not because, oh, like I'm on my high horse or, or look at me, look what I did. It's because I would want that done for me probably, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't cost that much. Like, what does it cost you? I mean, I understand a lot of us are running late. We're on a schedule. We have to be at work or we have to be at this dinner or whatever, but you know, plan your life a little bit more loosely too. Like give yourself some leeway. We need to be able to have a little bit of flexibility. You know, don't, don't make your life so rigid that it's predictable. You know, you need a little bit of unpredictability and chaos in your life and again, comfort zone. So do something for somebody, you know, you wouldn't believe the look on people's faces when you do that, you know, and a lot of people have had a lot of darkness in their life and they haven't had people do those things for them. And then that one simple thing and you just see their face light up. I mean, there's nothing, nothing like seeing that look in someone's eyes, like true appreciation. I mean, you, you can't, you can't put a dollar value to that. I mean, making money is useful because it's how it's, it's how we make our way in the world, but also doing things for others. I mean, that's, that's true meaning. So yeah, I'm on a tangent here. This is the talking that I was talking about. I can't believe I'm able to do this. I have this really weird phobia of talking to nobody. I it, it, usually for me, I have to be speaking directly to somebody uh, so much so that I can't, I can't, I couldn't do this with a camera on me. It's even worse. I don't know why, but if I have a camera on me and I'm looking at myself, I get weird. I act weird when I know I'm being recorded, but, um, but yeah, that's what, one of the things that music festivals have shown me is the goodness of other people and the creativity of other people. And it's just so unique. And there are these little tiny lessons throughout. And that's just one of the things that I have found that brings meaning to my life and teaches me lessons. So, uh, I love that. I love that. And I'll probably talk a lot about that and some of my experiences with it. But um, one of my other goals and aspirations is, uh, here we go. I'm floating it out there. So if somebody hears it and steals my idea, I will fucking find you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I uh, I like gadgets. Um, you know, not, not to say like I'm trying to shield myself from discomfort, like I was just saying. But, uh, you know, you're out there for four days and and, uh, you know, I don't have an RV or anything like that. So I'm really into gadgets. I think gadgets are creative. Gadgets to me are like a blending of left brain and right brain, like practicality and creativity. And so uh, I used to have people just walk into my camp all the time and just be like, where did you get this? Where did you get this? Like all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm like explaining all these different places I got these neat things from. And then it dawned on me like, wow, what if there was one website like one e-commerce place where you could just grab all the things that you needed you know because rei for instance is a company that i really really love but you go in there and they don't have every single thing that you need for a festival you know there are a lot of really cool things i've found in these other random places and 
So I want to just make one place. So it's a, a spot where you can get all of those things, you know? And, um, so essentially I would be curating your gadget experience. And then I also have several of my own designs that don't exist anywhere in the world. And I just need to get the capital and the backing to, uh, you know, prototype and create those objects, those gadgets. And so hopefully we'll get there one day, but, but I also want to, you know, carry all the gorgeous, beautiful, trippy articles of clothing and tapestries and jewelry and things like that. All your festival needs. Um, best essentials is what I want to call it. It's plan words. F-E-S-T-I-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S. So it's like a festi slang term for somebody that goes to festivals and essentials. Best essentials. That's my goal. Um, hopefully nobody steals that. But there are some other stores out there that do this. But, you know, I don't have to be the first. Um, that just means that I feel like my idea has validity to it. But anyway, so that's something else that's uh, about me. One of my goals, aspirations, something I hope to, to get going. And maybe doing this podcast will help lead me down that road. Um, yeah. So what else can I talk about? Thank you for listening, by the way. Any of you that thinks that uh, I'm worth listening to, I hope that I'm not boring. I hope that this is interesting. But uh, uh, what else? I don't know. This is weird. I feel like a lot of you listening probably already know me. So I'm like, hey, these are the things that you already know about me. But for those of you that feel compelled to listen to this stuff, and this is the first episode. I obviously don't have any guests and I don't have any um, – real laid out content, but I just got this microphone in today and I got excited and I just wanted to open it up and start talking. So, um, travel, travel is something that's really meaningful and amazing to me. What an awe inspiring flow, inspiring experience travel is, um, aside from my tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, I hadn't really traveled outside of the country. Um, until a couple years ago, I went to Japan Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka. Um, I was there for like 10 days, and uh, that was my first real travel experience, and I couldn't have picked a better one, I don't think. I mean, gosh, what, what a an alien place. It's like so insanely different from the United States, but it's it's just so amazing. Everything was interesting. It, it, felt like, it felt like being on a psychedelic, honestly. I mean, like every little thing that you looked at, it was like seeing the world through the eyes of a child because – everything was new. I mean, I was taking pictures of the weirdest, tiniest things. And all I could think about was anytime you see, you know, the, the cliche Japanese tourists walking around America, taking pictures of everything. And it's like, Hey, that's me. Like I get it, you know, but I mean, travel is just, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And I haven't done a whole ton of it. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've explored a little bit of Europe and, and Japan, but, uh, one of my personal goals and aspirations is to uh, visit a new country every year, you know, or at least leave the country. Like, for instance, I think I might go back to Japan next year for the Olympics, just because I've never been to the Olympics. And my roommate currently, Rui, he's an amazing human being that I love, and uh, he's Japanese. So I think it would be really amazing to go there with somebody that, you know, obviously is from the country, and uh, he speaks the language, and he has friends and family there, and that's that's an experience that I would really love to to have. So uh, what else? What else about me? I don't know. Well, um, I've been speaking for 23 minutes, and I think that maybe I've held your attention long enough. 
hopefully uh, you guys have enjoyed learning about me and listening to some of the things. And uh, I hope to really start uh, developing some meaningful content for you guys to listen to. Um, one of the things I plan on doing is eventually like getting a website going where I'll I'll start linking, um, you know, books and uh, authors and, um, you know, meaningful people that I that uh, I look up to and aspire to be like um, researchers, speakers, musicians, authors, all those kinds of people, documentaries. I'm really huge on documentaries. I talk a lot about documentaries and podcasts that I listen to and you know, for me, um, especially as a person with the attention span that I've told you that I have, um, documentaries just with the visual aspect and the audio aspect, it holds my attention a lot. You know, I've, I've been reading a lot more. Um, I read more over this last year than I ever have in my life. And it's nonfiction. I don't know where all this came from, but, um, I'm reading again, but I have to force myself to a little bit like a discipline, almost like going to the gym, you know? Sometimes, you know, depending on the book or the mood or what's happening, it, it pulls me in a little bit more, but um, my mind tends to wander. And so I'm, I'm exploring uh, varieties of types of meditation. Um, Wim Hof breathing is something that I've been doing a lot. If you've never heard of Wim Hof, look him up. Wim Hof, the Iceman. He's fascinating and amazing. He's pushing the possibilities of human potential. And I think that's really important. Um, I was talking earlier about human optimization and healing. And, you know, there's a phrase that I've always hated. And it's that phrase, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that's because if it ain't broke, it just becomes improvement. So, you know, I think that that kind of stuff is, is useful in every way. So um, anyway, I know I keep trailing off here. I, I feel like I'm trying to taper this off and make it end. But uh, anyway, uh Hopefully I can set this up in a way that I can get some feedback from you guys. Like, tell me what you thought, tell me what you liked and, you know, converse with me about some things and, um, you know, give me some feedback about some things you might like to hear about, like just maybe my thoughts and perspectives on, um, I would love at some point to start bringing on some guests. It'll probably start with people that I know personally at first, and then hopefully, um, you know, I'll continue to involve my friends, I'm sure, but, um, hopefully, Eventually, I'll get enough of a following that I can expand my grasp and get some really fascinating and interesting people in here on the show and, and talk. And if you feel like you might meet that criteria, hit me up. I'd love to have you on if I can make it work. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm working a lot right now. For those of you that don't know, the film industry is a very demanding industry to work in. I love it. It's fascinating. It's interesting. But um, it's usually 12-hour day minimums plus an hour for lunch or whatever, not not including pre-calls and, and wrap time and travel time and everything. So when I'm working full time on anything, it, it really consumes my life. But, um, you know, that's what we all hope for. We hope for, for, for work that is meaningful, that we're interested in. And there's that saying that if you love what you do, are you really working? But it's like, let's be honest, if you work in film, it is work. It's a lot of work. So for those of you that sit there and you watch a lot of TV and movies and stuff, just know that there are a lot of people breaking their backs in half to bring that call, that uh, content to you. So uh, anyway, like I said, I'll, I'll try to be, you know, developing content and bringing it to you and interacting with you guys more. So thank you so much for listening. And I mean, heck, I think, I think I'm going to potentially call this show cracking the code. I already have a Facebook page going for that. It's a Facebook page that um, I created because uh, people loved the content that I was sharing and they thought it was really interesting and positive. And so, um, I, 
we created uh, the the name Crack in the Code, and um, that's where I share content through. And I think that's maybe what I'll call this podcast. Um, not to say that oh, I'm cracking the code, but um, you know, it's something that I feel like I'm doing with people that I collaborate through conversation with. And so, you know, that's all we want to do is we want to crack the code. We want to understand like what does it all mean? Why are we here? What are we doing? Like understanding. Understanding is very important. So anyway, thanks for listening to me jab my jaw. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Stay uh stay positive and be there for each other. Take care. <laughs>